All right, boys and girls, welcome to Grease the Wheels. Coming to you from the Rock and Roll Garage. This is your Uncle Jimmy speaking to you live, or at least I'm live now. Today on the Grease the Wheels podcast, I would like to speak to you technicians about jury rigging stuff. I have to use the word jury rig because the words that we normally use are not really politically correct, and I don't actually agree with the use of the word, even though I, I have. There, I said it. I said that I say it, but I didn't say it. We're going to say jury rig, though, okay? And uh, if you are one of these technicians who does a lot of that shit, get the fuck out of the business, okay? There's a right way to fix a car. There's only really one right way to fix a car. And there's a fucking thousand ways to fix them wrong. And if you're fixing them wrong, stop. Now, does that mean that every time you fix a car in an unapproved manner that it's bad and wrong? No, it's not. I can't lie to you, my faithful listeners, about this kind of shit. Sometimes you're moving along, you're, you're fixing something, you're working on something, you're trying to pull a part off, you're trying to put a part on, and something breaks. And maybe it's expensive, maybe it's hard to get, maybe it's just late in the day, maybe you're just pissed off that it broke. That's usually my MO. Maybe you just can't deal with that fucking thing right now. This happens. It happens. And sometimes you will do, you will make a makeshift repair. And sometimes that repair is actually okay. It's it's good. It's going to do the job and it's not going to fail. And it's just as good as it was before, even though it's fixed in a somewhat different manner. Now, as a technician, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a technician and you've worked on cars for even more than just a couple of weeks, really, you know that there's things that happen when you're fixing a car that cause you to do things to get that car repaired and out the door that only another technician would understand. There's things that get done. There's things that get slapped together a certain way. There's things that get left off. And the only way you could understand why this might happen is if you were a technician. Because if you were just a lay person, maybe even a service manager or a service advisor for that matter, if you were just somebody who didn't work on cars for a living and you, you found out that when the technician was done putting your car back together again, he had a pile of nuts and bolts that didn't get put back on, you might freak out. You might go, holy shit, how come you didn't put this screw in there? And you're like, oh, well, you don't need it anymore. Or the thing that it went into isn't where it's supposed to be so it doesn't fit anymore. Or, you know, for whatever reason, I don't give a shit what you work on. You almost always end up with extra fasteners, screws, nuts, bolts, clips, all kinds of assorted stuff left over from repairs. And you don't think anything of it because you know, as well as anybody else does, that the car is repaired correctly and it's going to operate exactly as designed. And no one is ever going to know that that screw is not in there anymore. It's imperceivable. It's not something that anyone would be conscious of. Now, this doesn't, I don't think that this really constitutes uh, jury rigging. I don't think that this makes a repair or makeshift repair. There's certain things, like I said, there's certain things that get done and it's okay. But there are other times and there are many other times and I've seen people who constantly fix cars this way and call them good. But they'll super glue stuff back together that quite frankly, super glue isn't gonna hold together. They'll epoxy stuff that epoxy's not the correct fix. They'll weld something to something else that probably shouldn't be welded. They'll use wire ties to hold some shit together that isn't gonna work for very long. This is the kind of this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Now, 
I've I've gotten and and you, if you're a mechanic, you have to. I've gotten into situations where I've had to do shit that I didn't want to do and I wasn't proud of, but I did it because the car had to go. And I fully expected to see that car back on my lift a day or two later. All fucked up because that repair was not up to up to grade, not up to spec. But honestly, rarely does that ever happen. If possible, and I mean if at all possible, I always try personally to make every repair as correct as possible. Doesn't always work out that way, but uh, the intent is there. If I break a clip and it's not something that's a thousand percent necessary, I might wire tie something, you know. Uh, the cars I work on have hundreds and hundreds of little clips and fasteners that simply hold stuff out of the way. And uh, really, honestly, a wire tie does that better than the fucking thing they put on there. So that happens. That is something that happens. Another thing that happens with the cars that I work on, I work at a dealership and I work on one brand of cars and they can't seem to make rubber or plastic worth a shit. So if I have to touch, and, and they've got some engines now that have turbos in the wrong spots. That's the only way I can put it. They have turbos that live on the top of the engine and the exhaust comes out the top of the engine where normally the intake would go in or the air would go into the engine. But instead the air goes into the side of the engine and the exhaust comes out the top, and uh, which, is, which is perfectly fine. You could do it that way all day long if you want. It just makes the engine compartment on that car hotter than the hubs of hell. I mean, literally, you drive that car for, if you even just run that car for a minute, it becomes the exact same temperature as the face of the fucking sun. It, it gets so hot. And so anything that's rubber or plastic that's going to try to exist underneath the hood of that car, it's going to become some other sort of material, whatever that material might be after it's baked at high temperatures for a long period of time, okay? So what that means is uh, there are plastic hoses that the, this manufacturer loves to to run back and forth between the valve covers and assorted other components. And these components get so extraordinarily brittle from the heat that if you just look at them cross-eyed, they break. And they're not cheap. You know, if you break one of these, I mean, a car comes in and it has hoses on it that are not broken and you just touch them. I mean, just literally touch them and they just shatter into a thousand pieces, it seems like. What I'll do sometimes in those cases is I've got some uh, heat shrink tubing that I purchased at Harbor Freight. And if I'm, at a, if I'm at a point where I'm just trying to get this car out the door and I don't really feel like hitting the customer with a bill for $50, replace a hose that broke because I needed to move it out of the way, what I will do is put a piece of this heat shrink tubing over it, take my heat gun out, and heat shrink it down so that it seals, and voila, it's repaired. And actually, that repair is, you know, probably going to actually work better than the way it was before because the heat's not going to bother a heat shrink. Once the heat shrink tubing is heated up and shrinks, it's done shrinking, and it doesn't give a shit how much more heat you put into it, whereas a plastic hose will eventually just crumble into uh, dust, whereas this piece of heat shrink tubing won't do that, at least not for another 1,000 years or 2,000 years, so... There's that. What I'm talking about when I talk about jury rigging is I'm talking about using coat hangers to wire stuff up, okay? This is not an approved fix in a repair shop, okay? If you're if you're a guy on the side of the road and your muffler is hanging straight down off the bottom of the car and you just want to get home, sure, a coat hanger will work great in that situation. Knock yourself out, you know? If you've got a hole in your exhaust and it's really, really loud and you cut a Campbell soup can in half and you take some hose clamps and you put it around the exhaust and clamp that Campbell's soup can over the hole in your exhaust, that's a jury rig. 
Okay, that's not going to last very long. And uh, if you've got that situation, you should probably get that repaired correctly. If you don't have any money like I didn't when I did it to my car many, 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 many years ago, you just roll with it, okay? Because you don't have 10 cents to your name. And if you did, you'd probably spend it on beer, which is what I did. But I would never fix a customer's car like that. So let's not do that. If they're paying the shop, and I, I specifically say the shop, if they're paying the shop good money, they should get a quality repair. Now, if you're one of these people who consistently breaks stuff when you're trying to work on a car and inconsistently either trying to glue it back together or epoxy it back together or use wire ties or that muffler hanging strip of, sh- of sheet metal with the holes in it or you're, you're putting hose clamps on shit that doesn't normally need hose clamps, get some skills, okay? Get, get a clue, get some skills and start fixing them right, okay? Because you're ruining the reputation of all of us when you do this shit, okay? You know, especially if somebody comes along and sees that shit later, you know, they're like, oh, where'd you get this? Because I'll say this to people. I'll say, where'd you get your car fixed? They'll be like, why? I go, because they did such a shitty job. I don't want to, I want to make sure I never take my car there. And this is one of the things that bothers me when I work at a shop where they hire idiots and retards and jerk offs. Because if they do terrible work, they're not ruining their own reputation because they don't have one. They don't give a fuck. They're ruining the shop's reputation. And if I work there, they're ruining my reputation along with the shop. I don't like that. I've had that happen before and it's not pleasant. And I'd like to take some of these people who do some of these stupid fucking things, perform some of these ignorant jerry rigs on people's cars and like to beat the fucking shit out of them, you know? Maybe cut their head off and put a Band-Aid on it and see how they like it, you know? It gets me kind of hot just because I carry with me, and I've, I've said this before on, on podcasts before, that I carry with me the attitude that I work on every car as if it's my own. And if I don't, if I won't do a cherry rig on my own car, I'm certainly not going to do it to a customer's car because that customer will find out or they'll get into a situation where something didn't work and it was supposed to, and if I had just fixed it right, it would continue to work right. And then they're going to come back, and or maybe they're not going to come back. That's the other problem. Maybe they're going to say, holy shit, I'm not going back to that shop anymore. Not if this is the way they fucking fix things, okay? There's a lot of things that people do to cars that are just not correct. Um, there's, a, there's a humongous list of things that people do to cars that they should not do. Now, I did a podcast not too long ago about do-it-yourselfers. And do-it-yourselfers typically, in my opinion anyway, don't fall into this category of jury riggers. Because if you're a do-it-yourselfer you're probably going to at least attempt to do it right because it's your own car, okay? So you're not going to do some sketchy jury rig job on your own car because you've got to drive it. You're the one who's going to be behind the wheel or maybe your wife is going to be behind the wheel or maybe your kids or maybe all of you will be behind the wheel at one point and whatever it is that you jury rigged fails and if you're really stupid and you jury rig stupid things that shouldn't be jury rigged, you may die and if you think it can't happen, I can tell you it can. Some of the things that I've seen jury rigged, which blow my mind, by the way, are uh, brake lines. And uh, I, I've seen this a few times on some of the Facebook pages that I'm on. And I've actually one time saw it in person where someone put some vacuum line on a brake line, not understanding even for a second how the physical properties of a hydraulic brake system work. Not being familiar with the fact that when you step on the pedal and you step on the pedal really, really hard, you can have up to, depending on the ratio and the size of the piston, and uh, thank you, Mr. Pascal, you could have upwards of six and 700 PSI 
And uh, this is a way, way lot fucking higher than a vacuum hose is rated for. So the vacuum hose comes off and uh, it sprays brake fluid all over, kind of like a garden hose with the end chopped off. So uh, don't do that. If you're a mechanic and you're listening to this, I'm pretty sure you're, you're not going to do that. One of the things that some mechanics do, which I find uh, distressing, is that they will use compression fittings on brake lines. Now, I am from the north, okay? I am from the pretty much dead center of the rust belt so i know how to do brake lines i've actually made it somewhat of a specialty of mine and i have a very specific way of doing them what i do if i have a rotted brake line or a brake line that needs to be replaced is i chop it off at the fittings with a pair of side cutters and then i duplicate that line completely in new line with a bender and then put new fittings on it and then once i've chopped off the uh ends of the brake line with the side cutters, I can usually use a six point socket to extract the tube nut from whatever it is it's stuck into, whether it's a wheel cylinder or whether it's a union or whether it's a master cylinder or a a DSC unit, uh, a stability control unit or an ABS unit, whatever, a proportioning valve. Usually if I chop the line off, I don't have to use a wrench and I don't have to round it off. I can just use a six pointed socket. Makes the job a lot easier. Once I've made the line and made it look almost exactly like the factory line, I find that once I install it, I can actually reinstall it into the clips that were placed on the vehicle to hold that line in place, okay? That's just how I do it. But again, here, I fix every car like it's my own. And I know that rusted brake lines are a pain in the ass, and a lot of times people look at them and say, oh, they don't want to do them, or they can't do them, or both. So what they'll do is they'll try to repair the line by sticking a compression fitting in there. And anyone who does that and calls themselves a professional mechanic should be taken out and shot because it's not a professional fix. It's not a correct fix. It's not even legal. I, I think in a lot of states it's not legal. And it shouldn't be because a compression fitting is really just a, a, a tube nut with a, a, a ferrule in it that squeezes down on the line a little bit. And if you had a panic stop and that pressure is looking for a place to get the fuck out, where it's going to try to get the fuck out is at that compression fitting. And it can come apart and then you have no brakes. And that can be a bad, bad, bad situation. So don't do that. The other thing that people do that is a jury rigging thing is they stick things in the fuse box that aren't fuses. Some of the older cars that I own have these little glass plastic tube fuses. And uh, I actually have a pile of them, about a thousand or maybe even close to a million. I don't know. I have a bunch of them. But sometimes if you're out on a lonely highway and some fuse blows out for something in your car like the taillights or maybe the radio even... And you don't have another fuse kicking around. Something else that might be in your vehicle is very, very similar in size. And guess what? Conducts electricity very, very well because it's made out of brass. And it's a 22 shell. In fact, they look so similar that if you took a fuse and you painted it gold, somebody might actually confuse it for a bullet. Now, honestly, I don't recommend doing that at all because I've heard stories and I've read stories about people sticking a 22 shell into the fuse block. And because the fuse blew, that meant that there was excessive resistance in that circuit. And when you have excessive resistance, you're gonna have excessive heat because they're the same thing. Think rear window defogger, okay? So if you take something that's supposed to blow to protect the circuit from overheating and you stick a, a, a 22 caliber shell in there, 
a loaded shell because that's the only way it'll fit. You can expect that shell to get hot if that circuit is still failing. And if that circuit is still failing and that shell gets hot, guess what? It's going to fucking go off. And it could shoot you, depending on where your fuse box is located, it could shoot you anywhere from your big toe to your balls to your eyeball. Okay? It could shoot you. It could get you. It could kill you. So don't fucking do it. Okay? That's, that's, that's the simplest and best advice you're ever going to get from your Uncle Jimmy. Don't do shit that's going to kill you. I don't want to hear about anybody listening to this podcast doing something stupid like that and winning a Darwin Award. Darwin Award is people dying doing something that was so fucking incredibly stupid that Darwin was right. Only the strong and the smart survive. Don't do it. Here's another thing that people do that drives me wild when I'm working on a car drives me wild because cars are held together with a lot of different fasteners we're talking nuts and bolts and j clips and screws but i don't think that there's been a car built in the last 125 years that at the factory they used fucking drywall screws in them didn't happen so if you're putting a car together for whatever reason and you put drywall screws in it stop fucking doing that i have actually pulled drywall screws out of wires somebody was screwing something into the trunk of a car and they were using a fucking four inch drywall screw and they screwed it right through the wiring harness for a component that was in the back and then they couldn't figure out why the car didn't want to start this is just this is a true story so i went i was looking at the circuit doing some diagnosis and i looked and i saw that there was something sticking out of this module okay modules typically don't have uh shit sticking out of them typically but this module did it had a fucking four inch drywall screw that somebody had run right through the middle of it to i think it was to hold down a fucking boom box or an amplifier or something i don't know it wasn't there anymore the screw was still there but it wasn't there anymore i took it out and fixed the wires and charged them six hours stupid is as stupid does right they gotta pay Wire ties are great things, too. I, I love wire ties. I'd like to meet the guy who invented a wire tie and buy him a soda because I use them all the time. But I don't use them to hold major components together. I might use a wire tie to hold something out of my way if I'm trying to work on something. Or I might use it to help hold a engine shield in place on the bottom of a car because it's been half ripped off anyway. And with a wire tie, I can just drill a small hole in what's left of the engine shield and run a wire tie through it and have it stay in place at least for now until that customer runs over something else so there's a there's a good spot for wire ties and there's bad spots for wire ties okay if you got some major component like i mean let's just i mean we'll we'll go right to the ridiculous here let's say you're trying to put a starter on a car and holes aren't lining up you're not going to hold a fucking starter on with wire ties i'm sorry you're not going to do it it's not going to work okay don't fucking do it not going to be able to hold a transmission to an engine using wire ties okay you could try it if you want but it's just gonna break them and you're gonna be stuck on the side of the road don't do it uh wiper blades yeah don't try to hold wiper blades together with wire ties that's not gonna work either because they they move back and forth at at pretty great speed and if there's shit on a windshield like snow or ice or just a lot of water wire ties ain't gonna do the job okay pick your spots with the wire ties gentlemen same with velcro velcro is fun velcro can be used for a lot of stuff well, as mechanics, we like to use it to keep sound down, to make stuff stop making a rattling noise. Works great for that. Not a lot of shit on the car is Velcro. There's a good reason for it. Doesn't really do anything that a car needs to have done, except if you're talking about things that are in the interior, typically. The other thing I want to talk about, too, when we're talking about jury rigging stuff is putting special 
uh, what I like to call snake oils into some of the major engine components, okay? Now, if you have a blown head gasket, there's only one fix for that. You have to yank the head off, take it to a machine shop, get it checked to see if it's straight, get it checked to see if it's cracked, and then you have to have them mill it, okay? I don't care if it's a fucking steel head or aluminum head. It's much more prevalent on aluminum heads, but it's also somewhat prevalent on steel heads. If you overheat the living shit out of something and you blow a head gasket, do not put fucking head gasket sealer in the fucking cooling system. Don't do it, okay? It is not a proper fix. It is only going to cause more problems later. Now, if you're going to sell the car or if it's a demolition derby car, knock yourself out. Fill the whole fucking cooling system up with bars leaks. I don't give a shit, okay? You're going to crash that fucking thing into a wall and you're going to walk away laughing and somebody's going to come along with a fucking road grader, pick it up and throw it in the back of a dump truck and take it to the scrapyard. That's fine. Put whatever you fucking want into the cooling system. I don't care. Put whatever you want into the uh, engine oiling system. Here again, don't care. But if you're working on a customer's car and you're a mechanic, don't let me catch you trying to get people to put fucking shit in their radiators or in their oil to fucking fix things. There's, I call them snake oils. They don't fix anything. They're temporary fixes at best. And typically, they always come back to bite you in the ass later. There's a very good reason why these things are sold like mad, though, because, and, and I'm never going to understand this. I understand how an engine works. I understand why it keeps working. I understand why you can drive uh, for eight to 10 hours in a car and not have it overheat. I understand why you're able to do that. You have a cooling system that effectively removes heat from the engine, puts it in the radiator, and lets the radiator say sayonara to it through the air that's blowing over the fins, okay? That's how it works. If you open up that system in any way, whether purposely or unintentionally, that system's not gonna work. It has to be sealed. If you blow a head gasket, your cooling system's not sealed. If you put a hole in your radiator, your cooling system's not sealed. If you have a split radiator hose or you have a loose radiator hose clamp or if the water pump shaft is sloppy loose or if the heater core leaks or if a heater hose is not attached correctly and it leaks, the cooling system is not going to work. You have to fix it. Pouring a fucking chemical into the overflow tank or into the radiator is not the proper fix. And let me just state this loud and proud. It is never the fucking proper fix, okay? Because at some point in time, you're going to want to take that car to a mechanic and have them attempt to do the proper fix. And if you put the shit in there, you're just going to piss them off. Let me just tell you that right now because I know it's happened to me. I've tried to fix cars that had cooling system problems and I found the radiators were plugged solid with fucking radiator sealer. You know, those little bottles of silver stripper glitter that people put in a fucking radiator. I don't want to see that shit. Don't bring me a fucking car that's had that shit in it. Go fuck off with that thing, okay? You know, maybe, maybe in a very, very dire situation, you might do that stuff. Maybe. But it is a horrible temporary fix at best. And it's going to cause, whoever's going to fix that car later, it's going to cause them problems. End of sentence. That's all there is to it. So don't do it. I remember one time, and this is just a little anecdote from my past. A gentleman came in to a parts store I was working at and asked me if he, if we had some sort of shit to seal an oil pan leak. And this one company of chemicals that we carried actually did have a chemical that they said would seal the oil pan. And it came in a yellow can, and it was like $3. Sitting on a shelf directly next to it was a can of radiator and water pump sealer, also in a yellow can. 
but that can was much cheaper. Now, maybe you can figure out what happened next, but I'll tell you anyway. This particular individual, I believe, was illiterate because he took a look at the can I gave him and saw that it was $3 and saw the one next to it that was identical except for it had some crazy writing on it that he couldn't read. And it was a lot cheaper. So he bought that instead and he put that into his oil and that blew his engine up. And of course, that was my fault. At least that's what the lawyers said. And when I showed him the cans right directly next to each other, they agreed that I was not the problem. The problem was the uh, reading level of the individual buying the product or rather the reading level he had not achieved ever. But he would have been better served to just not fucking put anything in his oil and get his fucking oil leak fixed properly. And who knows, to this day, he might still be driving the car. But this was so long ago that that car has probably been crushed into a cube many, many decades ago. Don't jury rig cars, gentlemen. It just ruins your reputation and it pisses your customers off. And and it's actually, I gotta be honest with you, it's a lot of fun sometimes for me to discover some of the jury rigs that people do to their cars and get a good laugh out of it as I'm trying to fix it properly. So that's enough of your Uncle Jimmy for tonight. As you can tell, the voice is going away. I really need to drink something really, really bad here, but uh, I'll try to get to the end here. Hey, listen, we're all over social media, so hit us up and give us uh, some feedback. Let us know what you think about jury rigging stuff. This is your Uncle Jimmy signing off. See you.